Oh, hey, y'all, it's time to uh, kick this show into gear. Yeah, well, I was high kicking today. I had to do a, a challenge of the week with a couple of uh, jumping jacks and uh, I think it was a roundhouse or a sidekick. Can't remember now. They all blend together. Anyway, let's roundhouse kick the uh, uh, mask mandate, shall we? Out out to uh, some other planet. We got that coming up as we learn what's in a mask. Not that we didn't know already, but that's coming up. Also, hour two, just give you a heads up, Ollie London from London is going to join us. And he's got a book out called Gender Madness, One Man's Devastating Struggle with Woke Ideology and His Battle to Protect Children. So we got to dive into this topic again uh, from someone who's been down that road. And so that's coming up. Also, if you've got uh, questions or comments, please submit them at robertscatbell.com or in the chat room at robertscatbell.com slash listen or wherever you're watching the show live or later as the podcast. And for now, let's get this uh, healing party started. Kick it into gear, Super Don. A high kick. Can you do a high kick? The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Each week, it's weirder and weirder for me to determine what day of the week it is. Uh, already at this time, as the parent that I have been uh, since I had kids, uh, you know what day of the week it is often because school, get the kids ready for school. <laughs> the kids are going back to school, but not my kids. And uh, it's kind of interesting. You you wake up and like, wait, I don't have to get up to go take them to school. I, I'm just saying it's. A, I'm a bit confused today, and maybe that's one of the reasons why. Uh, as I look at, I know it's Monday because we simulcast our second hour with Brighteon.tv. It is the 28th of August, 2023. Great show lined up. Ali London from Ali. No, from London. <laughs> it's coming up at hour two. We got that going on. Spending a lot of time out in the garden, eating more blackberries. I showed you pictures of it. I think it was on Friday or over the weekend. I don't know when I, I posted some pictures of it. Just glorious, delicious Oh, my gosh, it's such a wonderful time. I, I hope and pray that y'all have taken advantage of Super Don's inspiration to inspire us all to garden as he brings stuff in as well and uh, has done really, really well with his garden. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. And I'm not sure what I want to talk about first, even though the masking issue is a big one. Uh, I was just thinking about yesterday's show. For those that you miss our Sunday Conversations, I uh, had my friend Tracy Straup on, naturopath and sharing her story of enlightenment, upliftment, and her her love of God and where how it led her to wake up on her journey. And I, and I just, I don't know that I have to say this, but I hope you take all of these Sunday conversations with the spirit in which they are intended in terms of um, uh, learning about people and their story and what uplifts them, what lights them up, what makes their heart sing and their connection to the divine, the spirit, however they define it. And I know that there is a, what we call a plurality of beliefs out there right? You know what you believe, and it might be similar to what Tracy believes, or it might not from yesterday's show. But the idea of sharing stories, I'm not here to judge them any more than she was really judging those that she had hung out with for a long time in her journey to find God in in, a, in her way. Uh, but it was just to share the story. And I think that's one of the things that I still think we all need to work on a little bit more to be better at just sh- not only sharing our story, but listening or even 
digging a little bit deeper, to ask questions about why people believe what they believe. How did it happen? What happened? And I think we'll all be better off when we do that as opposed to immediately jumping on, oh, you said something I disagree with. This Because the Sunday conversations aren't necessarily about convincing you of anything, but just sharing, again, the real heart journeys that people have to enlightenment in whatever way it works for them because we're all unique in that regard. Although we are all created of the same cloth, so to speak, from divinity, from spirit, from God, however you perceive that. So anyway, shout out to Tracy. I thought it was a wonderful conversation and she just let it all out about her journey. So if you missed that Sunday conversation, that's at robertscatbell.com slash listen. Also on the various podcast sites and uh, Rumble is our, is our big one that replaced YouTube after we got banned on YouTube. So, uh, Super D, while you're in there, I know you got to do grandpa duty today. I'm feeling somewhat conversational as I open the show, almost philosophical. Conversation? Um, There's no conversations allowed on here. Yeah, What I are know. you talking about? And I'll just say this about uh, the other thing that's kind of wore me out a little bit over the last week or two. Um, it's the cable company, which has a monopoly on, on internet. <laughs> Ah, right? uh, yes. And, and dealing with the mysteries, it was like even one of the cable guys, the technicians that came over said, I think it's paranormal. Whatever's happening is paranormal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. Well, that makes more sense than a lot of the other things that they kept doing. And they finally, like third time, fourth time, they gave a different uh, uh, modem. And it seemed to finally work. Everything was working. And already today, things that were working yesterday are not again working, not working today. No, yeah, no. it's like, wow, just wow. You know, and I just shake my head. It's like, you, you know, you, you're you're geared up to fight battles you can win. And then sometimes with the cable company, you're like, I give up. I'm like, you guys don't even know what's going there on. There is a very yeah. funny episode of South Park that uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not, that mm. that uh, makes light of that situation with the cable company. Yeah. <clears throat> and there being no competition. So, Well, I know there are places that do. And that's great, you know, that fiber optic and all that, but unfortunately where we are... Well, you know, the thing is, is if you're willing to to fork over the money for it, there are satellite options now uh, that did not exist before. Are they uh, at all weather weather sensitive? Satellite, no. Satellite Mm -hmm. is not like... um, Well, I'm not going to pretend, act like I know, because I don't know for sure. I've never had it. Mm-hmm. But I know that now there are more options that are popping up now, including the Starlink situation, which have you ever seen that before? I, I, I'm like, I've been dying to be one of those people that, that looks up at the sky at just some random time, just happens to notice yeah. the Starlink thing. You know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the coolest thing that I've ever seen on video. But I'm like, that would be so cool to see. And apparently it can happen all over the United States that, that the uh, satellites for Starlink, that, you know, the Elon Musk thing that everybody mm-hmm. says is fake, uh, that it uh, there's like a string of, of satellites that he launched a while back. Yeah. That are in a row and they go across the, the sky and you like look up and you see this row of like little lights that are all in a row going across. And after you uh, have recover from your heart attack thinking that we're being <laughs> invaded by aliens. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's held together by what kind of string? A string of lights. Yeah, no string. No strings attached. They're in orbit. They're in orbit? Yes. Okay. Knock it off. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just got to be a little bit silly here. They're they're being led by the guy in in the car. He's he's at the front. The Santa guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a little that's early. That's right. 
Okay. Well, all right. All right. Let's, let's let's dive into the. I've been delaying it. I know, uh, but why uh, would you? It, I see. I don't know why you would want to delay this story. Talking about this particular story because when I saw this, I got fired up. Yeah, but it's sort of like how many times can we be right about stuff? People are going to get annoyed. They're like, y'all are all about you and how how smart you are and how right you are, and it's like. You know, oh, I little, see. I yeah. see. You just you're tired of being right. Feeling a little bit, you know. Yeah. What is feeling kind of cute? Might uh, <laughs> mock a scientist later? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. That's good. Mock a scientist. I like that. It just has a good flow and a feel to it. We can there do a go. fundraiser. Mock a scientist. All right. <laughs> this <laughs> Peter is, Hotez would like to have a word. With oh you. my God. Yes. This is a story initially out of the Daily Mail, but it's elsewhere now. Mask study published by who? By what? No, not the who, but the NIH. The NI. The Knights who say NIH suggest N95 COVID masks. You know those, the ones they said, you have to wear, you can't get on a plate. Uh, they may expose wearers to dangerous levels of toxic compounds linked to seizures and cancer. <sighs> now, this study was published in April, found that these disposable masks do have toxic poisons embedded in them. And uh, they also said that uh, uh, it could make the, uh, the newly instated mask mandates ineffective. Well, dude, here's the thing about wearing masks. What have we said about them? And we've been right from the get-go. Restricting the flow of air reduces the access to oxygen, in addition to the other things that have uh, really uh, made difficult your ability to get oxygen transferred from your lungs from the air into the blood, which could be a copper deficiency because you're taking too much zinc and vitamin C or on and on it goes. But all right, oxygen reduction. How in anybody's mind, medical mind or otherwise, could that be a good thing? Well, Robert, yeah, we trade that off because we don't want you to get these viruses to, you know, breathe in there and then lock in and go in and do their thing. Like, okay, how small or large is the virus that you're afraid of? Oh, it's about 120 nanometers. Super Don, do you have that cartoon uh, I shared with you? I say cartoon, but it's an animation of the size of stuff that gets through the mask that's smaller than the weave of an N95. And there's so many memes about what it would take to prevent, if you're afraid, believing in or not believing in this 120 nanometer so-called viral particle uh, to get through what it would take, hermetically sealed, self-contained breathing apparatus, if you will, like a scuba tank with a, a mask that's completely covering you from any exchange with the outside air. Uh, that could, yeah, stop something like that small. But what is it that's really the concern? Apparently, the spike proteins that float on out of you as well, those are initiated in production from within via synthetic mRNA delivered by, you know, the, the, the lipid nanoparticles into the, the, your DNA to target and say, hey, hello, DNA, you're supposed to synthesize proteins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you learn what the protein synthesize? Well, the RNA tells us, well, look, there's some RNA coming in, and it starts producing these toxic, abhorrent right. proteins. Here's what I think you were referring to here, yes, right? Yes, exactly. So trying to figure out uh, what is uh, able to be uh, filtered out by uh, a mask, and all of these things are smaller than the, than the, uh, the weave, if you will. Skin cells, pollen, right? You can smell gas coming out from an emission from your, 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 your kids or your dog. And that's all, you know, that size, if you will. Here we go, Staphylococcus, looking at what they call the virus levels now. And it is smaller than uh, the weave that would supposedly uh, protect you because you're wearing a mask. Now, I'm not going to get into beliefs in viruses or not in this discussion, just talking about measurement sizes. And that alone was enough to go, 
masks are stupid outside of the, the surgical theater where you don't want to drip saliva, you know, from an open mouth of a surgeon or a surgical assistant, you know, over an open body cavity. And that drops something in that shouldn't be in there because there's no protective mechanism. Other than that, the masks pretty much suck other than maybe limiting if you sneeze uh, a lot of the, the, the weighty, snotty debris that can come out in a sneeze. But even then, it'll go out okay. through the sides. Okay. Now, but, yeah. now, now that you've said that. Thank you for letting me say that. Yeah. Let's all let's, feel let's set now. that aside yeah. for a moment, because okay. that to me, that, yeah. I mean, that is what has been said. Yeah. You've been saying for a long time now. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is what, what happens when you say that? Right. You know, oh, well, they have other science that says, oh, well, no, no. And see, no, that's wrong. They can't, they can't okay. measure things. So right. Go to but that other thing then, shall we? To, to me, the, here's the reason why I think this is significant. Mm hmm versus what you've just said okay okay you're going you're going because number one i'm not going against you you said versus i'm giving you a a uh whatever um okay all right okay go ahead so this is first off i think what the significant thing is this was not published by james lyons weiler this was not published this was not published by neil z miller This this was published by the freaking NIH. So the fact that it was published by the NIH, not retracted, mm-hmm. still stands. Yeah. To me is one of those things where you can't they can't dismiss it outright because oh well that was po- that was in one of those journals that will that publish anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know that the All perspective. Right. And you're not dissing on James Lineswiler or Neil Miller. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying when those guys yeah. publish stuff, what is yeah. it? They they automatically dismiss it because it's them, right? Yeah, well, that's what this they was said. this was published by the end. I'm not saying I dismiss it. I know, I know. I'm just making sure She's people a, don't know. I don't Robert, want hate mail coming to you, Super Don. Well, if people can't listen, then they can go somewhere else. Okay. 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 Anyway, go get them. Go get them. Super. All right. right. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that here they, they, they did the test on these, on these, these uh, masks. This is big. And they found out that the masks had eight times the recommended safety limit of toxic, volatile, organic compounds. Mm -hmm. And these compounds when inhaled can cause simple side effects like headaches and nausea but if you wear them for an extended period of time they're linked to organ damage and cancer mm-hmm. now if you it, i don't i don't care if you're peter hotez or or just the average joe that may have been riding the fence during the pandemic and was kind mm-hmm. of suspicious of things when you look at that you can't just look at that and go eh, okay whatever no don't worry about that it's fine Oh, it's just, only a little. I mean, come on, man. Eight times the safety limit and linked to cancer. And, and you know what? They, you know, they can't say, oh, well, you know, people just wore them for a week. So it's not like, it, no, the, 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 the health authorities were encouraging. That's not even the correct word. They were mandating the fact that they had to wear these things for months, even years. Right. Yeah. I mean, how long did the how long did the mask man? There are still places that have mask mandates in place. Yeah, that's three, three plus years that are bringing them back, you know, three plus years. Yeah. Right. Now, there should be riots in the street right now over this. Yeah. You mandated that we had to wear these masks. And three years later, we find out that these masks, 
not not the cloth masks that grandma made right. for everybody. The, the ones they want you the to N95s not, N95s that you insisted the were the, the ones. You, yes. Fauci, everybody. N95, that's the one you need to get. The other ones aren't as good. If you want to be safe and you don't want to die, mm-hmm. you need to get the N95. Then we find out three and a half, four years later, oh, sorry, those cause cancer. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, but the, why, why, the, why, 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 why is your head not on fire right now, Robert? Super deep for the well, because for the rank and file mask wearers that, that continue wearing them today, and I try to be compassionate and loving to those people, they, they could care less for the most part about it. Oh, it causes cancer. Well, at least I won't get COVID. Well, Even what, though, what, again, what, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hold on a second here. What? Um, what, what, what's the, the, the difference there? You've got COVID. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, what, what was the percentage of people who got COVID died? Well, it was very, very, very low. Uh, in fact, arguably, even today, it's lower than low because it wasn't COVID that killed them. It was, uh, you know, the, the stupid treatments from doctors. Okay, so here's, I'm going to ask a question I don't have the answer to, but I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. Okay. okay? Yeah. Uh, so here's the question. What percentage... Mm-hmm. Of people who are diagnosed with cancer die. What do you think that number is? Oh, booze less than a percent. Uh, here's this here the overall five year relative survival rate for all cancers combined in the U.S. was about 67%. Well, did I miss your question? I thought it was about COVID, not cancer. No, no cancer. Oh, I, I totally missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah. What percentage okay. of people who are diagnosed with cancer die? Gotcha. Okay. All right. Right? Okay. Yeah. The survival rate. Now, it's so interesting here because... Going. I'm sorry I'm slow today, Super D. It's just that's okay. That I got you. I'm with you. Went, that's rip. okay. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, at least you didn't get COVID. <laughs> which you were probably not going to die of anyway. Right, right. No, but, but, but you mean, get cancer, which, uh, I mean, according to what I just read, a survival rate of 67%. So what are we talking about? 30, 34, 33%. 33%. So, yeah, your, your point should be well taken. But my point is that the low end of the survival scale, the people that are still wearing masks are excited about the mask mandates coming back. There are people that are like that, Super D. Maybe you know some of them. I don't know, but they exist. When you show them this, even though, like I said, it should have been enough to show them the measurement of the fibrous weave. It's not enough to stop the thing that you're afraid of. Doesn't matter. Now you're going to go, oh, but not only that, forget that. Now look at the chemicals eight times uh, the amount, safe amount, and they cause cancer. And I'm like, and then they look at you and go, yeah, everything causes cancer. And then they put their mouth. So, but you know, but that's, see, here's the thing, though. They can say that, but you can't. Come on. No yeah. scientist is going to say that. Not not a real scientist. Not. Okay, yeah. no, that's BS. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here you've got a mask mm-hmm. that is it can can give you cancer that they insisted you had to wear. We find out about this from a study that is published by the NIH, and nobody cares. Yes, where where's where's the outrage where's here? The outrage. Well, that should be the front page as they're again. It should be ballooning. Uh, more mask mandates are coming back and not only exactly the ones that so yeah here you have eight times the uh, say, quote unquote safer levels which are often wrong anyway 
uh, of these volatile organic compounds creating all kinds of problems and hazards. Now, you know, the question is about um, should these entities create more mandates to wear masks, including the airlines? That's the big one that people are going to be really ticked off about. And, and remember, they wouldn't even acknowledge a religious uh, exemption. If you said, you know, putting a mask on is an affront to God, for instance, and there's p- beliefs about that. Oh, no, that's not good enough. You can't come on the plane. Now, it shouldn't, you shouldn't need a religious exemption. It should just be, I'm sorry, I have an opposition to cancer. I, I'm just not into cancer. Can you, you, Don't mind. I'm not wearing this because... I don't like it. The thing is here, if, if there was some kind of natural remedy or let's say a natural protective substance or something that we could sell in a health food store that had eight times the amount of what the VOCs that also are linked to cancer. Do you think that would be front page news and, and Dick Durbin would still be, you know, having national hearings on the banning of this? Where's the FDA on this? How dare they allow this to happen one moment longer? But it's a mask and they want us masked because that's the agenda. They want to have good little citizens that are actually slaves to an agenda of fear. And so, uh, yeah, I am outraged, but I'm also, you can, you can hear it in my voice. I'm like, look at where I'm going with it. This is where you usually go, and I have to talk you out of it. You know, it's interesting, a little bit of role reversal today, Super D, but I appreciate this, and, and your perspective on it is absolutely right. It's, it's absurd. The, 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 the very mass that they say are the ones, this is the ones that work, and these are the ones that also create all kinds of health issues but if they were interested in, in, in preventing health all issues, right, all they right. would have paid attention to the science to begin with let's 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 go to back to the article here and and experts okay. have criticized the study okay of course they would uh for drawing conclusions without proper evidence what, uh, what dr fisher evidence? who's dr fisher dr fisher is some dude mm-hmm. that i guess is considered an expert <laughs> he says, yeah, uh, for these it is indeed possible that certain masks have side effects, just as certain helpful medications have side effects. Almost everything in this is his quote. Almost everything in healthcare has a benefit side effect profile. <sighs> so didn't I just say that, oh, everything causes cancer? And you said, no, a scientist wouldn't say that. But apparently uh, one did, this Dr. Stuart Fisher. Not a real scientist is what I did say. medicine physician in New York, right? Now, question is, is he being paid for by the Mask Wearing Society of America? And remember, it isn't only that, but do you see the toxic pollution that these masks are ending up downstream in waters and oceans and everything? It's like, <laughs> good Lord, anybody that has any concern for the environment at all would say these, the only masks that could be legitimate, even though they still are not woven enough or tight enough to stop anything, would be your mask grandma made. Because you're going to reuse them. You'll wash them and reuse them. And they won't end up in a landfill or worse. And so on every level, again, another abs- absolute embarrassment for doctors and scientists to promote the use of mask wearing. From the word go, when we started pointing out the measurement size that, you know, Super D, you're like, okay, 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 let's move on from there. And let's go now to the eight times the level of VOCs that could cause cancer. That, to me, is the money shot on this thing. Yeah. I and and the, other, the other part that made me laugh was in this article. It says here, however... Mm-hmm. The study did not measure the effect of people actually wearing the masks. And I was like, well, okay. Does it take Einstein yeah. to come to the conclusion that if the mask is giving off eight times the safe level of these organic compounds, mm-hmm. uh, that if they put it on their face, that they're going to inhale it? 
No, it's not like they want you to breathe when you put the mask on. <laughs> we didn't test it on people actually wearing the mask. So maybe well, if they breathe the, the organic compounds, I mean, come on. If, if yeah. it's giving it off the, the, the stuff and we you put told, it on your face and you breathe, yeah. it's going, you are going to inhale it. We told so, you to breathe very shallowly. When you put the mask on, so they don't actually get all actually. The way what in. you should do is just do like Anthony Fauci does and wear it on your chin. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what you. And should even do. then, it'll emanate up upwards into the sinus cavity. Yeah. We also have a, a new Substack of the RSB Show dot uh, Unmasking the truth. How many warnings do you need? Another day, another COVID mandate blunder. Right. They're gonna you know they're gonna try and mandate masks again inevitably. And, you know, this also leads in, and you can, I don't know how you subscribe to Substack, but people do. They all know how to do it. Just, here's what you do. You go, go to our website in the upper right-hand corner. There's a banner. It says, check out our Substack. Click on that. It'll take you there. And you just, you just subscribe for free, put in your email. And every time that we, we uh, put an article out, it'll show up in your inbox. Yeah. It's that simple. Exactly. So this is, again, goes through some of the things we're discussing today on our, on our uh, what do you call, Substack, if you will. And it leads to uh, the dunderhead Biden. But again, it, 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 honestly, just about any Democrat or Republican president is probably going to fall for what? Some, some scientific medical doctor, PhD person telling them something stupid. And they're like, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. So we'll do what they say. You know, even Trump, love him or hate him or have neutral feelings about him fell prey to Fauci and, and Burks and others. And he did those things and he's got to account for that too. But Biden now apparently is going back to Congress to ask for more money to develop what another COVID vaccine, but this one, this time it's going to work, <laughs> which means he acknowledges that the old ones didn't. And in fact, he may recommend it for everybody. It doesn't matter if you had the shot or not. Great, great science coming from Biden. You know, the scientist he is. And I don't know if we have a video clip of this because if people are thinking we're making it up because we don't like Biden or something. No, this actually happened. Another one of those helicopter uh, press conferences where you can hardly hear anything. And, uh, COVID cases and yes, I can. As a matter of fact, I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a uh, request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary that works. Tentatively, not decided finally yet. Tentatively, it is recommended that it would likely be recommended that everybody get it, no matter whether they got it before. No matter whether they have go, everybody should get it. We don't so have the shot yet. We're recommending this theoretical shot that has not been invented or developed yet. Mm-hmm. That everybody get it. Yeah. Wow. So we're just we're just going to come. You know, this last time they did very little testing mm-hmm. before recommending it. Yeah. And we're just going to skip all that now. It's not even invented yet, but we're recommending recommending that you get it, even yeah. if you've had COVID or if you've even gotten the vaccine. Because now here's here's the, here's the key point of what yeah. the, the words that he said. Mm-hmm. Because it works, we're going to yeah. make one that works. So, you in other words, what he should do, Super Don, strategically. I don't know how far this would go. He could blame Trump. Trump, this was your warp speed. You rushed. That's right. Fast. Operation warp speed. We had to undo the damage yeah. that you've done because the shot didn't work. I'm going to do it and it's going to work. That's what right. He's, I mean, because he's we're already acknowledging it. Well, we're going to we're going to make one that works. Really? That would be him admitting that the one that was exactly. given out doesn't work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, what? listen, you, you said uh, beginning of, of last week mm-hmm. um, because there was uh, something that came out. I think it was on Infowars. 
yeah. uh, about mandates coming and lockdowns coming and stuff like that. Well, you know, it's like I hate to admit it, but I keep seeing story, little piece here, little thing here, little like that, where it looks like they're ramping up for that. Now, I know that they normally would ramp up for this when we start going into the fall mm-hmm. because they're warning about what? The triple demic, right? Yeah. You know, we got to worry about the flu. RSV. We got to worry about COVID, RSV. So they yeah. would, I, I, I was expecting them to sort of do something like this already anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much as a mandate, but a, hey, listen, you really ought to do this and listen to Lady Gaga. Yeah, she's <laughs> going to tell you the same thing. You know, like, you know, it's the stuff they do, Gaga. right? Yeah. Um, but could, could they, um, could this, this evil, Variant from Canada. Is it from Canada? I think it is. Yes. Wow. Um, I thought. I thought. Canada. I thought it was anyway. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Funny. Um, who did we have on last week about? Um, what was the ketamine? The doctor about talking about ketamine, wasn't it? it was a very, yes. very interesting discussion. And he posted about the interview on his Instagram, and he said, "Renowned Canadian uh, TV or radio host Robert Scott Bell." I'm like, dude, do I have are you Canadian? renowned? Well, I was thinking about the Canadian part. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he said I was a Canadian broadcaster. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like our Canadian friends. We have many fans in Canada. I, again, feel horrible about your prime minister and all that he's doing and others in parliament, um, those Wokies. Did you know he's a Gen Xer? I'm embarrassed to say that. He was born in 71. That is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, I would excommunicate him, if you will, from Gen X. Gen X communicate. Can we do that? Just we should. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's not cool. So, again, Biden planning to ask Congress for funding to develop a COVID vaccine. This one will work. And we're going to we're tentatively scheduled to make sure everybody gets it, even if you've had it or not or COVID or not. It doesn't matter how scientifically uh, valid is anything that he said or would would it be even if they came out with it? And, and how would it be much better or any better, in fact, than the previous incarnations of mRNA injections that have shown to be an abject failure, total failure? rife with uh, so many adverse events that people are still you know, they're going to get it right this out. time going to do it right yeah going to do uh, it right. i'm just thinking if you still believe that there's no reaching you you're probably not in the robert scatbell show audience. do a I vaccine moonshot right yeah, vaccine moonshot yeah exactly uh just just incredible just incredible uh by the way if you are suffering with uh adverse you know what events uh i would Highly suggest you look into the folium products. Well, now hold on. What? You can't say you know what. I, I can't. I know I you're say. avoiding that V word. What is the word I shall use? I think I've got a list here of words that the I would like to. Injection that shall not be named. Yeah. So I, we just that? need to give it another name. So okay. how about. Let's try it. How about Jabberwocky Juice? <laughs> Jabberwocky Juice. That almost sounds like that sound effect you threw out there. Yeah. Oh. Jabberwocky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else? Uh, are there other options? That we might uh, not how about by? the the might be magic mix? The might be magic mix. Yeah, that could be appropriate. Or the here how about the the hmm booster. <laughs> <laughs> skeptic shot. There you go. I like oh, that one. Skeptic shot. The skeptic yeah. shot. The skeptic shot. Now, do you uh, think we would get banned for for saying skeptic shot? You it know, does have shot in it, which I wonder, I wonder if all the things we can't say, uh, uh, what else? I mean, what would uh, George Carlin do? You know, seven words you can't say. It's like 70 uh, or 700. Uh, the hesitation maybe. elixir. <laughs> That's good. The hesitation <laughs> elixir. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Mm. Pick one. 
I, I don't know what to say. Which what one do you use? like? Hesitation elixir. That's kind of cute, but it's that's not, a good one. It's not pithy, you know. It's like quick and pithy, right? Yeah. One that's just like snaps right, boom, rolls right out. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll try some other on ones that. later. Yeah, we'll keep working on anyway, it. All right, I, I gotta go do uh, uh, granddaughter. I'll be right back. All right, so I just want to remind you, uh, you uh, you can put me on a one shot then. So unless you want, yeah, okay, I can see it. All right, so uh, the Folio PX, uh, Bobby's going to be with me, and I hope all of y'all that are going to join me. Labor Day weekend. It's coming up this weekend at the Cancer Control Society's 48th annual uh, uh, convention. Folium PX, this super charge antioxidant, I call it the Chernobyl level antioxidant. Uh, FoliumPX.com. Um, there's also the Folium Immuno and the Folium Relax. This is the three pronged approach that some of you are already trying, and I'm, I'm hearing great things. And every time we get more information, I, I relate them to you. But there are things that are not making sense for people who are suffering after, you know what, the hesitation elixir, whatever. Be exposed to all of this stuff. And if you are not succeeding where you think you should be, you should, can I say that that way? I would recommend, I would, I don't say that. I say consider, consider the Folium PX, foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off when you do order it. Or come see us at uh, the Cancer Control Society event in Glendale, California this weekend, Memorial Day, no, Labor Day weekend. I always get those confused. And then also uh, we'll be together again, not a couple of weeks or a week later, I think. It's coming up fast in Las Vegas for the uh, Biomed Expo. And I'll be there broadcasting and uh, lecturing and moderating panels and things. And that's going to be another great event. So you have opportunities to connect with us and more than we can uh, than I can even remember right now. But that's why we have the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com so I can remember where I'm going to be and where you might want to consider going as well. Uh, so let's see, has humanity, it's a big question, has humanity violated God's boundaries in pursuit of science? There's an opinion piece Superdon found uh, from the Jerusalem Post by Moshe Targan. I believe that if mom could confirm this for me, but I, I don't know how that happened, but Moshe was my Hebrew name or is my Hebrew name, Moshe. I was like, how did Robert Scott Bell become Moshe? But this guy's name is Moshe who wrote this article or this opinion piece. He says, there are limits to human creativity. There are basic boundaries of nature we aren't meant to encroach upon. Um, I don't know. The limits to human creativity or imagination I mean, if that's a gift from God, what are those limits in terms of creative imagination? I'm not sure what those limits are, except that which we would believe are the limits that we place on it. Now, with that said, human creativity and imagination can come up with ideas that then you go, Ooh, that's interesting, but I don't think that would be good at all. In fact, I think we should, we should definitely not do that because it would end up with such carnage or such unknown carnage. Right, like warp speeding uh, an mRNA injection into uh, the marketplace via mandate. Unintended consequences, maybe. And even if there wasn't a mandate, a soft mandate, as it were, the mandate was enough to say, take the shot or lose your job, take the shot, lose the school, take the shot, lose, you know, on and on travel. It was. It was a, an absolute violation of another fundamental gift from God or creation agency or choice. And so, in that way, I believe that the warp speed and everything that resulted from it was a violation, if you will, of God's boundaries. If you believe that God's laid boundaries on us, maybe what's right, what's wrong, morality. 
I'm not talking necessarily science, but in science, they talk about ethics, if you will. Is it ethical? Just because you can do it. You created this uh, new technology or borrowed a technology that had been around for a couple of decades and you modified it for injection to elicit, uh, you know, the production of harmful, horrible, toxic poisons within the body by various mechanisms, by various uh, gene sequences, et cetera. And you did it, but should you have? Well, we were desperate. We had to do it. We were told, really? If you are connected to the source of all sources, the source of all wisdom, maybe I'm wrong here. I'm open. You want to argue against this. I think that you have the ability with practice to receive direct communication from the divine to be guided to say, you know what? I think I know what is right and what is wrong, but this is kind of new and scary. How will I know? Well, let me wait for the president to tell me, or let me wait for Fauci to tell me, or let me wait for Burks or any uh, talking head TV personality to tell me. Said no person connected to the divine source of all wisdom and information ever. You go, I'm not listening to those bozos. They get it wrong all of the time. I'm going to, Pay attention to the litmus that I have in practice, what is right, what is wrong, to artificially uh, elicit an antibody by injection and bypassing a million layers of the normal immune system on its face is uh, a wrongheaded idea or notion. Could the concept of eliciting uh, a softer uh, introduction to something that you blame for, quote unquote, an infection, could it be done feasibly by some other means or mechanism? Now, whether you need to or not, that's a separate discussion. But if we are to introduce and recognize, let's first of all recognize that before there is ever a physiological or physical exposure of a molecule with a molecule that you say, this is substance, I can see it, I know it's there, I can measure it. Before you get there, back up a little, back it down, Grandma, and go, hmm. Is there something before the physical world, the physical body, the physical manifestation? And that would be what? An energetic imprint, an etheric type reality before it becomes physical or before you even encounter the physical, you could sense it before you see it. That is not taken into consideration by the reductionist scientific world, which comes back to some of the questions I believe that are posed or asked about by this guy in Israel, Jerusalem Post. Has humanity violated God's boundaries in pursuit of science? Now, I would argue if you feel like you need to sensitize your immune system safely to encounters that may yet to happen, Arguably, the safest way, perhaps the only real safe way to do it is energetically with something like a nosode, a homeopathic preparation of something that you might encounter. Is it necessary? It could be argued that it isn't. Would it harm you if you did it? I don't have a, a perspective on how it could. Maybe somebody could come around one day and argue that, hey, just being exposed to the energy was enough to create a problem as opposed to something that strengthens you by a little bit of learning and exposure before you're actually exposed to something. I hope I, I'm not talking too esoteric here. For those of you who don't know, I'm hinting at the discussion of homeoprophylaxis, the use of homeopathic preparations of substances that they can say, this would cause this, right? This is an infectious agent, they call it. Now, I, I don't believe in that same concept of infectious causation. That is, it is the substance that is actually the causal agent. It is the vulnerability of the host, if you will, whether it's caught or it happens already from within. But again, let's put that aside for a moment. 
just discuss further about the things we do in the name of science, just because we can, should we? Good question. Is it, do you have any ethical limitation or moral limitation on what would you do in terms of experimenting on innocence, children, women, adults, doesn't matter, animals, etc. This uh, article opinion piece says in our efforts to preserve life, we adopt every possible measure to prevent senseless or accidental death. For this reason, the Torah, of course, coming from a Jewish perspective, the Torah obligates us to construct fences upon the flat roofs of our homes so that you should not situate blood in your homes. In other words, walking over, you've built a house with a roof. Now you've created another hazardous opportunity to fall off of a roof. That was created by man, although you could have fall off, fell off a cliff created by God, if you will. But it's a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, vigilance to protect something or someone inadvertently walking and falling off of a roof, for instance. And these are the philosophical underpinnings when you read Torah and you make, you know, arguments. How do I extrapolate that into today? Now, the, the article goes in, or the opinion piece says, the price of progress, the commandment to construct the fence on a roof has broader metaphoric implica- implications, he says. Fences are only necessary in multi-storied homes. When humans lived in modest single-story thatch huts, they weren't really necessary. You couldn't climb up on a roof, right? So, you, you know, you, you develop responses to developments that man has created as we've advanced and how we build things and our homes change and all that. So again, a lot of these are mental constructs. You start positing, all right, what's good, what's not, what would go too far, et cetera. And I just think about the, he brings up the industrial revolution and unfortunately he ties it into what he calls global warming. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I can't go there. I, I could go to global t- intoxication, global pollution. That's a real thing. The warming, the shifting of temperatures, the climate, uh, it doesn't fly so well here. You may have disagreements with me on that. That's okay. But I will just say the, the concern I have for industrial revolution forward is the toxic poisons that are released, including now on the masks that they would mandate you to wear once again. And there it comes to, have we gone beyond and not acknowledge that you have a God-given right to not intoxicate and poison yourself or your children? Now the question then becomes, excuse me, what if the mask were truly non-toxic? What if then would you say that it's okay to mandate it? And I would say no, because the only way the mask could work is if you couldn't breathe through it. And then you violated a fundamental thing. We're, we're here to protect life, right? We not. And here you would end it very quickly, rapidly within minutes of wearing a mask that would actually protect you because it would be woven so tight that you couldn't even breathe through it which is why I said the only protection if you believe these things are airborne and you don't want to get them is to cover every orifice, make sure you don't have any cuts or scrapes open to the world and make sure that mask is completely hermetically sealed and you have your own oxygen coming in through that. So again, questions of morality in terms of just because we can do something, should we? Now, he, he goes into technological advances, changing basic design of nature in the field of medicine. Over 500 years, the progress of Western medicine dramatically improved health and significantly expanded life expectancy. I would argue that his faith, if you will, in modern medicine doing that, Western medicine is misplaced because their main, well, the riding on the coattails of the main benefit of how we are living longer or better 
is due to something related to the terrain, the environment or the milieu, that is sanitation, sewage, hygiene, and nutrition, I would argue as well. But now we get into that sticky territory of re-engineering human DNA, altering human identity, cloning, manufacturing, artificial intelligence. I know there's some, you know, we're, we're, we're all having to, you know, let's say interact with it and figure out how do we deal with this stuff? And how do we, how, how do each of us come to that determining factor of, do you find it what I call it to be an abomination or not? I, I've, I've, for many years, I've called genetically modified organisms, genetically modified abominations. I feel like that is a, a line that you shouldn't cross in terms of engineering the genes purposefully altering because you don't have the intelligence of God or the creator to know that when you do that, what is the downstream inadvertent unexpected catastrophe? For instance, what was the intended goal of the so-called medical scientific community in COVID to come up warp speed with an injection that they would call a vaccine. It was to what elicit the Holy grail of junk immunology, the vaccine division of the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. We are going to argue that if we can elicit an antibody response by having your own body produce these spike proteins, that was one little fragment of that whole thing that that would save your life because the antibodies are automatic. So if you have the antibody, you're not going to get sick. But is that even true? No, it's not. So we come back to the scientists and doctors promoting this agenda prior to mRNA, the entire V agenda that we can't say. The What was it called? Uh, hesitation juice? <laughs> hesitation, whatever. I forget the word that Superdon found. But the entirety of it is based on a false premise. That alone should cause the scientific medical world or a significant percentage of those in it to go, wait a second. If you can still get the quote unquote disease, having elicited an antibody or something, you have the antibody, you still get the disease. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That can happen. And not having the antibody and you still cannot get the disease. Cause that can happen. Yeah, that can happen. Then the entirety of the vaccine industrial complex, I said it, uh, I know I'm risking a lot here cause I'm not self-censoring well enough is based on a faulty premise and therefore, again, unethical and violates your fundamental freedoms to go, you know what? I think I will walk through life without that juice injected into me, whatever it is. So the question of, uh, you know, interpretation of the Torah or anything like that, I mean, these are things to have heated discussions and even arguments about. Because no one's going to agree, just like we talk about, uh, you know, you can get, 100,000 Christians in a room, if you can fit in a room that's that big, and ask them questions about their belief or their, you know, their their dogma, the theology, and you'll probably have ultimately 100,000 different interpretations. Is that wrong or bad? No, that's just the human experience. And so we might have with theologians as well as medical doctors and scientists differing views on what I'm discussing. Like I call the genetically modified organisms genetically modified abominations. There may be arguments, in fact, there are, from scientists that might be atheistic, might not be, I don't know, that say, well, let's say they're not atheistic. And they say, well, we're doing God's work because we're preventing horrible diseases from occurring by altering the genes. Except, of course, I would have to come back and argue that it's not the genes that cause disease. You might say, well, if this gene went defective. It's like, then the question is, what caused it to go defective? If you call it defective, is it the bug that you're afraid of? 
or is it man's synthetic creation of something that you thought was a problem and you altered it to make it really a problem? Or was it the toxicological exposure due to the eight times the amount of cancer-causing volatile organic co- compounds in the mask that you said we had to wear to protect ourselves from the thing that was created by man, not by God? Again, we see, you see how this keeps coming back around? It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And you might just gloss over and go, I'm going to sleep, Robert. This is boring. Or you might go, yeah, we need to engage in these levels of discussion about the morality and or ethics of these things that we can do because we're so smart that we're dumb to do things, to engage in things that will actually bring harm to us and has brought harm to many millions and killed many millions prematurely before there was COVID even. I'm a freedom guy, so I say if you want to engage in those risky or dangerous behaviors, just don't make me do it or my family do it. Then you have the freedom to go about your business. You know, it's more of that libertarian ideal. I would say, could I argue that God is a libertarian? That would be really upsetting to some <laughs> in the audience. But I mean it in terms of agency and freedom and choice. We've been granted all of these uh, freedoms to choose, and yet various men and women that want to hold power and sway over us want to limit our freedom, want to limit our choices, maybe because they they mean well. Maybe they believe that if we lived this way, it would be better for us. But how many of you resent anybody within your family or outside of it telling you how to live your life? It's not taken so well by most of us. I mean, hopefully we can take it in good humor and go, no, thanks. That's not for me. But if they start using the power and force of government to force you to do something or stop you from doing something that you feel is in your own best interest or just you want to exert your freedom. Uh, we get into some, uh, some, again, moral or ethical dilemmas, and we got to talk about this stuff. We got to engage in those discussions that are largely not happening. Just because we can genetically engineer or uh, inject synthetic uh, mRNA to redirect DNA protein synthesis to something that they say will elicit an antibody response, whether it does or doesn't, is it a good idea to begin with? Is it a sound idea to begin with? We need to go back there. Now, some of the physicians are finally going back to that question because the COVID push, the COVID injection push has been so strong, so powerful, so overwhelming that it caused significant numbers of people, even within the medical and, and PhD realm, to wake up and say, oh, I wonder if I was deceived about this, was I deceived about that, 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 and that? And that was my journey to do what I do. I found out I was lied to. Maybe it wasn't intentional by everybody that parroted the lies because they were true believers, but it was still a lie. It was wrong. Do I just go along because all these people believe it and it would be mean if I didn't believe it too? They might be upset. And and this is where you have, you know, when we talk about uh, converting people to whatever, whether it be religion or other things, there are people that are sincere in in their desire to save your soul, so to speak, right? And I'm not talking about that, but there are others when you peel back the veneer of their so-called beliefs in, in their religion, They're actually trying to convert you because they have not the faith in their own beliefs unless they get you to believe it too. And then they're strengthened in their own belief. It's like, oh, well, if I can get them, then yeah, I feel better about what I believe. Whereas there are others that believe with all of their heart, mind, and spirit, like Tracy yesterday, who are going through life sharing and preaching their belief, not to beat you over the head with it, but because this is what saved their lives, if you will. And they're 
attempting to live an example, be an example, and they're letting you know this is why and how and all of that. But they're not trying to condemn you or use the power and force of government or any other agency to change you, what you do or what you can do or not do. See, there's a difference there. It's respect for choice and agency. So even if we can go into the minutia of these technologies and things and go, this is right, this is wrong, we shouldn't do this, we should do that. If I step further away from that or further deeper into it, the ultimate question becomes, are you going to force somebody to do it or are you going to prohibit somebody from doing something else that they feel is right for themselves? That's the line, I think, fundamentally. And if it, if, if it goes into uh, the, the question of whether they should do these other things before the mandate or prohibition comes into play, then you got to ask the question of, is there an escape scenario? Is there an escape scenario where it affects everybody and we can't control it anymore? The Pandora's box has been opened, right? And that's the argument against, well, the people who aren't jabbed, injected, shouldn't be allowed to go anywhere because they're walking hazards, the moral hazard of breathing on grandma and killing grandma. You kids stay away from grandma because if you breathe without a mask, you see what happened there? They utilize something in, in, a, in an abject, inside out, upside down, flipped in manner. For those of you people of faith, you would say that's a Luciferian agenda where there is no definition anymore. There are no meanings to words that anybody can cling to. Only they who use the words know what it means. You don't, you're not in the club. We'll just use that as a battering ram against you, whether it be in the tax code or something else. And so I, you know, I bring up these, I guess, deep philosophical conversations to have even arguments about things to have. And I say, here are my, you know, layers of litmus, if you will, first choice, agency, freedom. Then we go into the details of just because you can do it, should you do it? Again, in freedom, giving people fully informed consent or say, you know what, we should just leave that one alone because it could get out of control. Jurassic Park scenario, Michael Crichton scenarios. Now, I believe that in nature, there is a self-correcting mechanism over time. You know, those that can adapt to these changes somehow make it through. Now, adaptation could be adaptation to chronicity. That's where I was with the chronic ailments, ailments and illnesses as a child up to young adulthood before I learned that I needed to reverse course on everything that I would have been raised to believe much less ingest and do with standard American diet, toxic pesticide food, injections far fewer than they have today, etc. Toxic poisons, additives, coloring, flavorings, preservatives, pesticides, herbicides, heavy metals, GMOs, glyphosate, all of that. And then we, when we come back to the opening story today about masks and they contain eight times the, the, the percentage or amounts of, of volatile organic compounds that cause cancer and they're going to mandate them anyway. It wasn't bad enough that they didn't measure out to block anything that you said would cause a problem. They didn't work there, but now they also cause cancer. And many people are still wearing them and are enthusiastically applauding. Yes, bring back the mask mandates. And then you're going to say, you know what? I have religious belief against them. I don't believe covering your face is appropriate in the, in the eyes of God. And they'll say, well, sorry, that's not good enough. No more religious exemptions. And now you go, well, I have a moral belief against cancer. <laughs> and now you have the science coming out of NIH to show that the, the mask caused cancer. No, no, that's not enough. That's, you know, as I said, everything causes cancer. So it doesn't matter. Just put it on and shut up and breathe deeply or shallowly regardless of the fact that if you can breathe through a mask, then you can still get what they say you're trying to prevent by wearing the mask. Oh, good Lord. I know. I know. It's hard to keep up. 
Uh, one more thing, and I'm, I'm going to have to get to this maybe in the bonus round. Interesting story out of California Globe. Los Angeles City Council is considering a ban on cashless businesses. How's that? That's the weirdest thing ever. You think L.A., where they're all woke, they want cashless everything. They want a cashless society. In fact, they want it like Whole Foods. They want to institute a chip in your in your palm or something. So you chip reader and you go through and that's how you pay. And yet Los Angeles County City Council is considering a ban on cashless businesses. Could it have anything to do with discrimination? The word discrimination. The answer would be yes. I'll go further into that in the bonus round, probably. And uh, and I will agree with them, although my agreement is subtly different because the the discrimination goes for people that they don't like and care about as opposed to the ones they do like and care about. It should be uniformly committed. It shouldn't be discriminating against anybody on that basis. Anyway, with that, we're going to take a pause. Not really, because we're going to be joined on TV momentarily. Here we go. All right. Welcome, everybody. Hour two of the Robert Scott Bell Show commences now. This is our simulcast hour with our friends at TV. Shout out to the crew at Brideon and Mike Adams and everybody for reaching out to that audience. Well, you know who you are. Um, this show is on two hours a day, five days a week with an additional hour. We do our Sunday conversations at robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, all of that stuff. We've got a, a really great hour, uh, This an important hour. Not only do we have to cover the dangers of self-censorship, but also a new guest to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Ollie London is going to join us. He's got a book, Gender Madness, One Man's Devastating Struggle with Woke Ideology and His Battle to Protect Children. That's coming up on the Robert Scott Bell Show and a whole lot more. We're going to be together in the Los Angeles, Glendale area this weekend, Labor Day weekend, the Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention. I hope to see you there as well. The power to heal is yours. up well there i am i'm uh, back hey welcome back everybody uh robert scott bell show hour two ollie london standing by from london going to talk about some very serious issues uh i super don was playing grandpa with the uh, grandkid uh so he couldn't rescue me from the depths of my uh moralistic despair or whatever that was that i did in hour one going deep on uh is that moral- what that was well i don't think moralistic it was despair. despair wow sounded good though didn't it uh, it was no, it was pretty intense. Uh, but we get into the ethics, the question of, you know, just because we can do something, should we? And going back and it's the human nature, though, that, you know, that's right? what that's what we're up against. Right. Yeah. It's human nature. You know, uh, look at the I mean, look at the stuff that they're doing. Right. Uh, if if it, you get a science uh, unleashed, a scientist unleashed, yeah. unleashed science. Uh, they're going to, they're going to try and and do whatever it is that they think they can do. You know, you remember it was years ago when the whole cloning thing was, was something that came on board. Right. Mm -hmm. And you remember they had that scientist in China Mm -hmm. that, uh, had said that he, he had, what was it that he did? I can't remember what it was. Some crazy thing. Like he had genetically altered this, this girl and taken some thing out of her DNA to cure her from something like that. And China disappeared this guy. Yeah. You know, uh, you didn't hear from him for a really long time, but you know, 
I, I think it's it's just human nature that even if it's something that may not be moral, ethical, the fascination of being able to play God. Sure. Uh, I think is too much for some people to resist. Well, could, couldn't they do it like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in an artificial intelligent holodeck and not mess with everything? Yeah, we're not we're not in Star Trek uh, okay. uh, level yet. No, okay. we haven't quite we haven't developed warp speed yet. Yeah, but I mean, this the the so-called hologram technology. You could test it out, see, and then go. Oh no, that was a disaster, and not yes, do it, do it within yeah. a containment field. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, <sighs> yeah. Well, listen, I got to uh, uh, tell you a little bit about this creatine again, Super Don. I'm telling you, the super creatine, Super Don, the yep. stuff from uh, Nutritional Frontiers. Um, I, you know, I fast on Fridays, and I do a lot of things to cleanse. You know, it, it's like. I'll work up and build up weight. And by Friday, when I fast that 24 hours, that's the lowest as far as weight level I'll be all week. And do you remember when I was trying to get to 145 LBS pounds? I, I do. was just trying yeah. to get there and hold a little. After all that fasting, I ended up at my low point of 148. And now you're what, 152? Yeah, right it's crazy. I yeah. mean, the muscle putting on with this stuff is Corey, amazing. You know what? Listen, though, I, I'm like at the point where it's like, I don't want to hear about it anymore <laughs> okay. until you until you increase your caloric intake. Uh, something, I mean, at least <clears throat> something. Yeah. And pick up a weight. Come on, man. Well, I, I do a little bit of weight training now. Oh. You've encouraged me. in Because yeah. we have the, the little dumbbells and we have the kettle bells, balls, whatever they're called. Right. So I'm doing a little bit more of that consciously. I'm thinking of you. I'm going. If you're going to need to go to the kettle bells, though, you have to get that, that big handlebar mustache. I need one know? of those. I, I'm yeah. not doing. I can't do, do it bare chested. and Not possible. Sorry. Not gonna like happen. they did in the old movies. Yeah. No, I can't. No? Do it. But anyway, okay. y'all check it out. I think it's on sale uh, this month. As well, 15% off, but you can get additional 15 off with the RSB 15. Go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, nutritionalfrontiers.com. Also, shout out to James Lineswiler and ipac-edu.org. We talked about this last week. The scientific classes that they have, even on the literature of uh, what we call uh, standing up to authoritarians, basically, you know, resistance. We, we had a great discussion with Brad Miller and uh, James last week, Dr. Jack. I'm just excited about that. I think they do it even better than I attempted to do last hour and talk about deep philosophical underpinnings of, of choices that we have to make and going back historically how these things were considered. I mean, there's great stuff at ipac-edu.org and you can reach out, call 833-497-1110, 833-497-1110 or email questions at ipac-edu.org if you want questions about any of the curricula being offered. And we all. do have a banner on the website, too, if yeah, you go. You click on that as well. Yep. And there's a special notice to international students. We do have folks from all over the world. Uh, you can participate at ipac-edu.org. And I'll talk more about some of the details that are available to you. Uh, but those of you who want to better yourself, this isn't about, you know, impressing your friends with degrees. This is about, well, I want to know. And I want to, you know, apply the skill set that I think I have by understanding the world around me and within me. And there's so many great courses, great courses that you thought you took in college and university level that were not really taught that well. You can also take those as well. So uh, as we open up this hour and we're get, we've got Ollie London standing by momentarily, we'll bring him into the mix as well. Uh, we, we had a substack on this topic. It was probably maybe stimulated into existence because the Brownstone Institute article by uh, Jonathan, uh, Joseph Freeman. It's called The Dangers of Self-Censorship During the COVID Pandemic. And we were punished because we didn't self-censor. 
We spoke out openly about our disagreements with the World Health Organization, the CDC, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, Rochelle Walensky, President Biden, uh, various figures of the modern mainstream medical mafia and media. And we didn't have to apologize once for getting it wrong that I remember, Super Don, but they continually got it wrong time and time again. Yep. And then they wanted to claim, hey, we are not censoring you. Uh, it's a private uh, organization like Facebook or whatever that, and they have an, uh, they can do it because it's their whatever. And right. as you point out rightly, so this has become the modern town square where the first amendment does apply. And yet all of the, the threats and actual loss of what the platform, the reach through their various, and we're banned on YouTube. We're banned on Spotify, despite the fact that they paid Joe Rogan a hundred million and he's not banned and we're banned on LinkedIn the wussification of LinkedIn. And so we have the choice of here we are, we're playing with words like we can't say the V word. Self-censorship. We're actually engaging in it to some degree. Acknowledge that. And it, it, it bites. It's horrible. Because if we do that, as you, you pointed out, even last week or the last few days, Facebook is going, mm, don't do that. Mm-hmm. We're not censoring you, but it doesn't look good for you. Right? right. So encouraging you to self-censor so they don't have to censor you because the government is definitely not telling them to censor us. Because the they've got something to hang over your head, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something that they can threaten you with. So what are the dangers of self-censorship? <clears throat> Many people were not exposed to the reality that the COVID you-know-whats not only didn't work, but they were harming <laughs> You're self-censoring yourself exactly. as we're talking about it, right? See, uh, just living examples of this article and the concern that we all should have of not being able to speak Directly, truthfully, to get the shot in the dark drip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying the to quote some other ponder potion. The ponder potion. We could call it the speculation solution. The, the guesswork goo. The guesswork goo. How about hunch punch? I like well, that now one. That's interesting. The hunch punch. Right. We'll call it hunch, hunch punch. punch. That's 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 kind of pithy. That's what I was looking for. Hunch punch. Con- conjecture concoction. The iffy infusion. <laughs> Or the waffle water. Waffle water. Waffle water. Hunch punch, I think, is is the <laughs> best kinda, one so far. The hunch punch. All right. Yeah. You should so, start using that. We'll call it hunch punch. So if you don't want to get the hunch punch, and we didn't, and we talked openly go. about Dude, the Dude, that just rolls. That rolls right that out. That just rolls right off I like tongue. it, Super Don. Well done. Yeah. So right. in this way, at least to this moment, they're not going to ban us for saying hunch punch because they hunch don't know punch. what it means. <laughs> uh, but if you didn't want it, we talked about it, how dangerous it was. You know, we got tatered, we got tagged, we got banned, we got deplatformed. Moving forward, self-censorship is not the way to go. We must be courageous enough to speak out at the risk of losing certain platforms. And to us, uh, yeah, it's a bummer to lose YouTube all those, you know, a couple of years back now. But we've gotten more viewers and listeners since then because of being banned. And that's the unintended, perhaps, consequences of those dunderheads who think they can silence us or anybody. The more you silence the people who are speaking up, the more evident it is that you're not afraid that what they're saying or what we're saying is wrong. You're afraid that what we're saying is right and that it would counter your speech that you think is the only speech that should be allowed. That which is what? Pre-approved by censors, government or otherwise. Censorship, the censors, the people doing the censoring, they've never been the good guys. What's the first casualty in any war? The truth. What is this war? The war on your freedom to say no to the hunch punch or the cancer. What We got to come up with another name for the, the masks that cause cancer, as we talked about in our, our one. 
All right. Links are up in the show notes at robertscabell.com. Big shout out to all of you that are patron supporters of the show. Thank you. We had a wonderful Saturday event. Every month we do a Zoom AMA, an AMA on Zoom. So we get to see one another and it's just so much fun. Everybody's helping each other out. You get to ask questions. We don't get to ask like when we're on the air like this. And we haven't uh, determined which date yet in uh, September coming up for the next one. But when you become a patron supporter for as little as five bucks a month, you have access to all of the previous uh, Zoom AMAs that, that didn't get banned by YouTube. We lost like the first three, but we have everything else for you and a lot of other bonuses. And we, we give away lots of cool prizes just thanks to our sponsors. And I'm grateful for all of the opportunities to be able to deliver that to you as you have supported us to be able to do more and more of this outreach, this empowerment, this concept that the power to heal is yours. It's mine. It's ours. And uh, I just love doing it. It, it. It's a big load off of my chest every day. It's cathartic to be able to talk about this stuff too. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, unfortunately, Supernon didn't make any fart jokes thus far. So you might not be enjoying the show yet, but there's still time. Uh, you know, <laughs> Grandpa Superdon might come up with something silly. In the meantime, there's a book out that I want you to check out here. It's available on Kindle as well, I think. And even an audiobook. It's free with your Audible trial, apparently. I'm looking at this. The hardcover is $26.99. The Kindle is $14.99. It's called Gender Madness, One Man's Devastating Struggle with Woke Ideology and His Battle to Protect Children. The author is here from London. His name is Ollie London. Now, did you get named after the city, Ollie? Welcome, by the way, to the Robert Scott Bell Show. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's actually quite a common name in the UK to have London as the surname. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had people on with the last name England and they're British. Right. They're English. I'm like, how right. did that happen? I, I, you know, I don't know many people with the last name America. I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's why we we separated from England. I, it could be. I don't know. But could Ollie, be. welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Looks like it's late night already in England. Well, I, I've actually just got a black curtain behind me, so it looks very late, but it's actually, it's like uh, I think 9 p.m., so it's not 9 p.m., 10 p.m., so it's not that late. Okay, so you're going for the the, the dark background look. All right, well, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I, now, have, I, know, yeah. I know you're media savvy. You've been on many shows uh, with what you're talking about. That's very important. We've actually done a number of shows on the subject, on the topic, including mm -hmm. uh, one person who had transitioned physically. Uh, attempted the you know the male to female and and just warning everybody about it what a disaster it is and not only that we've talked about cancer causing chemicals how about injecting people with hormone blockers things like kids that never had a chance they're taking these things that are they also cause cancer I guess it's okay for if for that agenda or gender uh, alteration but I guess to start out for those that don't know you Ollie maybe a little bit about your backstory and background why and why you're passionate about this particular subject. Right. So I've actually been through this myself. So I had very severe body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria from my teen years up until pretty recently, actually, until I, I detransitioned last year. And um, so, you know, I know firsthand what these young people are going through now. And it's very easy to fall victim to this ideology when you have, you know, social media pushing it. You have people around you in social circles that are telling you this is the right thing to do. So I've been through that. I had a variety of things that influenced me with my identity battles. So you know, severe bullying, bad relationship with my father and um, you know, several other factors as well. But, you know, I've, I've come through it now. And because what I've been through is really it's really tough to struggle with gender dysphoria. But I would just want to warn kids, you know, learn to accept yourselves for who you are, because we have so much pressure in modern society to you know, forcing these kids to transition, you know, giving them incentives and rewards to become trans you know they get praise they get validation they get social media likes so now i'm trying to warn kids you know don't do that just learn to love yourselves mm -hmm. well it's the concept of being born in the wrong body it's an interesting 
concept, right? I mean, it, we would have can have philosophical discussions, existential discussions, spiritual discussions about that. But you go, all right, I'm in this body. Should I engage in what I would call surgical butchery to alter the identifying traits of a male or a female and then live with those consequences, the pain, disfiguration, all of that, that is very common and very known. It's not like it's an unknown thing. And then on top of that, go, hey, I'm going to take ongoing injections to either block or force certain hormones to occur that do and are acknowledged to cause cancer and other degradation, inflammatory conditions in the body. I mean, this seems to be a windfall for who or what, primarily the pharmaceutical industrial complex and the doctors that engage in these surgeries. These surgical centers are making a lot of money where it used to be rare. It's becoming more commonplace, tripling the rate at which these things are popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we actually have to look at it logically. This is a mental health struggle. So and most of these doctors, they're not even acknowledging that these young people are struggling with their mental health. And we see a significant link between autistic teens becoming trans because they are being told that the reason they are confused, maybe they're struggling on the spectrum, is because of their gender identity. And now you've got doctors and hospitals you know, pushing this on kids and they're fast tracking these kids, which is the real, real danger. Instead of saying, look, your kid is struggling with depression, maybe they're struggling on the spectrum, let's give them some support with that. They are saying, look, let's fast track you, let's get you on these puberty blockers ASAP, let's get you on hormones ASAP, you know, because this is what your kid needs. So it's really, it is malpractice. And I hope, um, mm -hmm. you know, these detransitioners that are suing right now, there's about six well-known detransitioners in the US, including Kai Cole, uh, suing these hospitals. Once one of these lawsuits is successful, I think it's going to change the game and it's going to make these clinics think twice about doing this to kids. Ollie, what are the basis of the suits? Can you give me an, a sense of those who have gone through it that are saying, hey, I was deceived or what is the basis? Well, if you look at every single case with pretty much any detransitioner, when they have gone to these doctors seeking help for their gender dysphoria when they are between 13 to 14 years old, their parents are being told by the doctors the exact same story. Would you rather have a dead child or a happy child? So that is what they're doing. So they are coercing these parents that, you know, not all these parents are to blame. Some of them generally just want to help their kid and they can see their kid is very severely depressed and they are struggling. And you know, so a lot of these kids are suicidal, but this is the coercion tactics that doctors use. So parents are being manipulated to go along with this thinking that it's going to save this child's life. But in actual reality, like you mentioned earlier, you know, pumping vulnerable kids that are already struggling with hormones, puberty blockers, they're going to be on hormones for life. And then doing surgeries on top of that is only going to make their mental health 10 times worse. And like you said, it's going to cause cancers. It causes bone development uh, issues if you take puberty mm -hmm. blockers. You know, these kids are going to have severe health complications for the rest of their lives. They're not being told that. The parents are just being sold a dream that, this is the only option to make your kid happy. It is one of the crimes of the century to be doing this to kids. Yeah, to say it is not a, uh, in anything uh, an overstatement at all, and anything it's understatement because you know, what are they doing? They're accusing parents that don't want to have their children engage in these things uh, to be uh, somehow horrific monster parents, as I said, that want their children to die of suicide. And of course, the irony is that the suicide rate is higher for those that go through these transitions that are on these medications and injections. Uh, that the deception is so deep. And again, the profiting off of this is so broad that it is not just a, I truly believe that this is the right, I mean, there are, there's a lot of money involved in what's going on here as well. 
Yeah, there's billions of dollars. And look at what's happening in California right now. You have, now guess who? Senator Scott Wiener, who is behind all of these bills to harm kids. He is the one pushing to make it child abuse if the parent refuses to cut off the breast of their child. That is so wrong. How are we allowing that as a society? So, but you know, there is incentive for these politicians, for these hospitals. There's so much money being made. You know, it's estimated that um, the gender clinics made around $2.2 billion last year. That is projected to triple by 2030. So it's all about business. And as you, you talk about Big Pharma a lot on your show, you know, they, the medical industry does one thing, problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, they then offer a reaction in society, and then they're the ones to offer a solution. So they get these kids as Big Pharma customers for life because not only are they going to be on these trans hormones for the rest of their life, they're also going to need treatments for other conditions that they develop as a result of taking these harmful drugs. Have you been called like a, a spreader of hate now? I mean, honestly, it's just bizarre how they will try to limit your reach and speech by calling you names and telling people, don't don't go near this Ollie guy. He He's a hater, right? You know how they use the language that way. Have you been subject to any of that since you've written this book and what you're communicating? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I'm labeled an extremist, a far-right, hate monger, transphobe, you know, name an insult and they've used it against me. And, you know, it's interesting. The Obviously, the US, you have some very woke cities like San Francisco, but in the UK, it's become very woke. So, for instance, I am not allowed to physically go to an LGBT bar in London. I'm actually banned. I'm on a blacklist. I'm not allowed to go to a gay pride. Not that I would go to one of these prides because you see what they're doing. They're pushing all this sexualization. But, you know, the fact that this is how hateful these people are, they're, they're basically communists. You know, they want to cancel free speech. They want to censor people. And you know, they have been inundating uh, book review sites since my book was announced. You know, before it was even out, they were uh, inundating book review sites with one-star reviews. You know, one person compared it to Mein Kampf by Hitler. And, you know, the book wasn't even out. So they're, they're pulling out all the stops. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that they seem to shout the loudest, but they are a minority. This is a very small percentage of the population. This does not represent the views of the vast majority of people who have common sense and decency to know that it is wrong to transition kids. So, you know, I'm, I'm tough. You know, it doesn't affect me. But I do worry about how these detransitioners are bullied into silence and harassed by these radical trans activists. They really don't want them to get the word out there that, uh, you know, they've been through this process. It's It hasn't turned out well. They're trying to help kids. You know, trans activists try everything they can to cancel them. Ali, the uh, issue of censorship, I talked about self-censorship last hour as well. Um, we have been banned on certain platforms, but our banning was apparently due to our disagreement on health issues specific to COVID, WHO, CDC, and things like that. Have you found, because you've been apparently very successful in social media, they call it an influencer. We're rank amateurs compared to you. I just, I got a lot to learn. But the point is, or the question is, uh, have you been able to navigate without getting banned? Or is, you know, is this subject not hot enough, too hot? Tell me about that side of the outreach. So I do get shadow banned a lot. So, you know, of course, Mark Zuckerberg is the number one shadow banner. So, you know, I get shadow banned whenever I post videos, when I'm on TV, for instance, talking about the issue of gender affirming care and how wrong it is. Also speaking about women's issues, which should not be controversial to say a man does not belong in a women's space or women's sports. Um, but recently, interestingly, you know, Twitter, when Elon took over, was great for a period of time because it was all free speech. There was no censorship. And since the new CEO, Linda Yaccarino, 
World Economic Forum member, by the way. Since she has taken over, I have noticed a very uh, large number of accounts being censored when they talk about the gender issue. And we also see this on YouTube. So I've had videos removed on YouTube. A lot of people do Daily Wire, Jordan Peterson. They have their videos removed. If they dare to question gender-affirming care, if they dare to, you know, say, look, I don't think this is right, they are immediately censored. So there is so much censorship out there, and it just shows how there's a lot of people pushing this agenda. It's not just some thing that's just happening in society. The powers that be, you know, Google, Alphabet, they are trying to directly suppress the real truth. Just like with the COVID pandemic, they try to suppress the real information because they don't want people to know the true horrors of gender-affirming care. Now, if we're, uh, let's say we got family members uh, out there in, in this audience, in fact, that I've met and talked with that have uh, younger uh, people, children, or even uh, uh, young adults and in, 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 uh, teen years, right, that are in a state of confusion about body and self-identity and things like that. I, I asked specifically about the age range that you feel like your book is appropriate for. Is this something the families can read together or you can hand to your child who is in this dysphoric um, uh, space as a teenager that could read your book and your journey and learn a lot and benefit from it. What is your sense of when you wrote this, who would, who should be reading this? Yeah, well, I think it's for, you know, late teens that are questioning this. And, you know, I've written the book in a very sensitive way because I want to teach young people to overcome these struggles. You know, I want to tell them that it's okay, just hang in there. You will get through this difficult time because when you're 12, 13, 14, you know, it seems impossible to think that one day you can be happy, one day you can learn to be confident. But, you know, as we grow older, you know, we we become so confident we don't care what others think. And I'm just trying to teach kids that. So it is a very motivational book for, you know, uh, late teenagers, you know, 15, 16 years old, but also for parents, because I've had a lot of parents uh, buy the book so far, they've given me their feedback and they've said, it's really helped them understand where is this gender ideology coming from? Because, you know, of course, there have been trans people throughout history. And, you know, we've seen in the 80s, the 70s, there are examples of trans people, but we've never seen numbers like this. So I'm trying to teach parents, where is this coming from? So we've got school boards pushing this, transitioning kids behind uh, parents' backs. We have, you know, Democrat uh, legislators in, in states like Washington, Oregon State that are pushing legislation. They try to push it through without anybody noticing what it's really about. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to educate parents. So this is a book, to be honest, for everyone. It's a book for young people to inspire them to overcome this adversity, learn to love themselves. And it's also for parents, for teachers, for anyone that is out there right now that is struggling with this concept mm-hmm. of gender ideology, because we all have questions about it. We all want to know what is the history of this movement? Where did it come from? And what is the future of this movement? Because we've seen some real progress in the last year. 20 states have banned gender-affirming care for under-18s. So we are seeing uh, a great reaction from concerned mums and dads and grandparents. So it's about trying to educate people what's going on. So it's a very helpful book for anybody that has these questions. We talked to Scott Nugent uh, a couple of months ago, and he's, he's got some genuine passion and anger about these issues, and he's been through... Uh, some of the surgeries and and talks about the brutality of it. And, uh, you know, uh, the suffering associated with that, that was initially more mental, emotional, maybe even spiritual in terms of the, you know, the confusion of self and identity going into the alteration of the physical body that you inhabit while you're here. And this stuff, even if you can detransition, it's like, it's never the same when you've altered your body and butchered it in this way. Uh, I, I, you know, 
I acknowledge to the history of this, that these things have existed in history. It's not like it's never happened, but to the extent that we're seeing today, you mentioned the programming that's occurring in schools, et cetera. I've brought up, and I'm not the only one that brought this up, the xenoestrogen exposures due to pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, all of that. Other things in medicine that are altering, including the, they've never even analyzed this, the aborted fetal cells coming from both male and female babies injected into cross-gender. Is that a factor? I don't know. But have they looked at it? No. So we don't know definitively, yay or nay. But there are so many other physiological factors in terms of uh, the plastics in the environment that are also impacting endocrine system, hormones, compounds, and things like that. Uh, so they're very real issues that maybe are new relative to the history of this, but not to the extent that we're seeing the encouragement and also the overt attacking of parents who say, hey, I have questions about this. I don't want my child below the age of majority. We call that 18 for the most part going through this. When they're an adult, they can make decisions for themselves. But even then, Scott Nugent's point was these adults have such mental uh, uh, difficulties in terms of all of this that they need counseling first before they ever would resort to butchering their bodies through surgery. Yeah, and I agree with that statement because I think what we're seeing now is, look, there are examples, you know, 1920s Germany, they actually had a gender clinic in Berlin. So there were a few people that were trans, very limited numbers. But what we are seeing now, and I think there's definitely substantial evidence that they are putting things in the food like estrogen, because you look at why are so many men becoming so emasculated and feminized? You know, right. there's definitely something in that. Um, but in regards to um, the numbers of adults transitioning now, the problem is, is, you know, 10, 20 years ago, there were some checks and balances in place. So you couldn't just walk into a doctor and say, I want some hormones, I want to transition, and they sign off on it. That's what they do now. But, you know, a, a couple of decades ago, you'd have to go through a lot of therapy, counseling, psychi psychiatrist appointments, doctor's appointments for two to four years, you know, just to make sure that that candidate, that that person was a suitable candidate to sign off on this. And even then you can make mistakes because people can convince themselves in their mind that they're trans because maybe society is pushing that on them, but it's not necessarily who they who they are inside. So no, I think there are a lot of adults that are being pushed into it right now. It's very easy to transition and to get access to hormones. Sometimes you can just call up a doctor and give you a prescription over the phone. So it's very, very easy. And you know, what Scott Nugent said is right, because look, there are a small number of people that are feel that they're trans out there and stuff, but there are many, many adults now that are going along with this because it's become a social contagion. They're being told that the reason they are unhappy with themselves is because they're trans. They're not being told maybe you've got depression, maybe you've got uh, some other mental health struggle that we should help you with. They're being told mm -hmm. it must be because you are transgender. That is the only thing they are diagnosing these days. So it's, it's really heartbreaking. So your story is one that, again... Many people that may be suffering right now emotionally on these issues could identify with your journey. Do you feel like that there's a lot of commonality in your story that is impacting those that are feeling this now? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my story is not just about the gender stuff. It's about, you know, struggling to accept yourself. So when you're young and, you know, going through bullying. So anyone that's gone through bullying, this book is going to help them. You know, anyone that's ever doubted themselves, you know, this book is going to motivate you because there are some positive elements in the book that's about uplifting you, you know, finding a purpose in life. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach young people, you know, you need to have a purpose in life. You know, we shouldn't be so preoccupied as a society with how we look 
or our identities. We should be more occupied with, you know, what we want to do with a career, what we want to do, learning skills or education. So I'm trying to encourage people to kind of reprogram their mind with that. So you know, this is a book for not just people questioning their gender, but just people that may have doubts about themselves. I'm trying to say, look, you, you are good enough. You know, we're all human beings. We're all amazing people. We're all capable of doing so many things. Mm-hmm. So there shouldn't be any limit to our potential. But all this gender stuff is designed to confuse people. So they have no chance in life. You know, how are you going to succeed in life with your career, with anything, if you are so preoccupied with your gender identity struggles? Because when I went through it, um, you know, Robert, that was all I thought about from the moment mm-hmm. I woke up to the moment I slept. It preoccupies your mind. So you know, I'm trying to, with this book, reprogram people to kind of learn to focus on something else. You know, maybe you're struggling with your identity you know, focus on learning a skill, focus on doing a dance class or learning a language, something else like that. Ollie, mm-hmm. I imagine in those times of struggle that you just described, you had a roof over your head, you had clothing, you you, you weren't hungry, you could eat, right? And, right. and I, th- I think about the pronoun debate, right? You must address me by my proper pronoun. But you go to uh, cultures around the world that are, let's say, less technologically oriented, and you talk about multi-gendered stuff. They, they look at you like, what what planet are you from? It's like you're concerned about getting through the day, feeding, clothing, mm-hmm. shelter, the basics. This is also perhaps a symptom of having it too easy. Weirdly enough, to say it that way, I'm not diminishing emotional self-identity issues, whether it's gender or otherwise. I know growing up from ch- childhood to a, you know uh, transitioning in adolescence and puberty to it's a struggle for anybody to find out who am I, well, how do I fit in? But you're adding to the mix a lot of toxic poison in terms of what they're programming. And even, as we said, the attacks on the parents who want the best for their children are being convinced that th- their child is going to commit suicide if they don't allow these things to occur, like gender gender affirming surgery and or hormones and other, other things. So I, I look at the ease with which in the Western world we have had it to make it possible to complain about you haven't affirmed my gender or whatever my gender of choices. Or if I say I'm a cat, you've heard strange stories about kids <laughs> and having cat litters at school. It's crazy. But yeah. if you go to, again, those other cultures that are not so technological oriented, they're more survival focused. There's no room for complaining about how you refer to me. It's just like the perspective on life has become so warped because we haven't had to struggle much for survival itself. Yeah, I mean, it's about privilege because, you know, you never see cases of people transitioning in, in third world countries, you know, that are struggling to survive. You know, you don't see that they are just trying to get food on their table. Don't worry about pronouns. You know, if you if you saw Matt Walsh's one as a woman, he went to a tribe, I believe Masomara, and they, they were thought it was silly, all the pronoun stuff, of course. Um, but, you know, this we're starting to see this is a real social contagion between white middle class you know, I'm going to say that's what it is. You know, most of the trans people that transitioning are white middle class and we're seeing mostly girls now. It used to be men transitioning to women. Now it's a huge number of young teenage girls that are from pretty privileged families. And we see some cases the parents push this on the kids. It's called Munchausen by proxy because they want a special kid. They want the attention from the other parents and they want to be cool. So they're doing that. And some of these kids, you know, they, they, they're privileged, right? So they, they have nothing to worry about in terms of putting food on their table. So they instead mm-hmm. think, you know, how can I be special? How can I stand out from all these other kids? So let me get some pronouns. Let me change my hair to green. Let me transition. And what we see with these kids is they want validation. 
all these kids when they transition, it's all about validation. So when you see someone having a breakdown about pronouns, they're not generally upset. They actually enjoy that because you are paying attention to them. So that is their way of getting attention. It's, it's very sad mm. to see because, you know, it's clearly a mental health struggle and, yeah. you know, it, it is being pushed on so many young girls right now. And they're thinking mm. that the normal thing to do is cut off their breasts when they're 15 oh. or 16. So, um, you know, but that, that is the demographic. If you look mm. at everything, it's right. white middle class from privileged backgrounds, you know, because they want to feel special. They want attention. They want love and validation. I don't want to blame all parents, but again, what values are in a, 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 a say a culture that has given your child everything and not allowed them to struggle to earn things so that they actually believe that the real struggle is for attention. And you find out one of the ways to do so is to claim, you know, gender dysphoria or, or a pronoun issue. Uh, Super Don, you found a tweet. Apparently this is from uh, the host of coffee breath conversations. It says, uh, tr- Replying to libs of TikTok, I don't know what this is, but trans kids are the new Gucci handbag for the upper middle class wine mommies who need attention. Is that kind of what you're indicating where this is coming from? A lot of it in in terms of the children that have so much and yet finding something to gain attention that maybe they were lacking. I mean, that's a fantastic tweet. It really does sum it up because it is, you know, the, these women that have a handbag or they have a little dog that used to be the trend. Now the trend between these parents is having a trans kid. You know, oh, look at your kid. They're special. They're unique. They're different. You know, how long have they been trans? It is all about attention. And it is a condition called Munchausen by proxy. So very famous case, Robert, if you know Jazz Jennings, the TV yes. reality star whose mother clearly has Munchausen. She is the one pushing this transition on her son, who is now a girl. And, you know, this poor, poor girl, you can see they're really struggling with their mental health. They've had significant weight gain because of the hormones. They are, the mom even joked about the kid having to use a dilator for the rest of their life to open up from the vaginoplasty wounds. Just really horrific stuff. So you see that there are parents out there that generally get a kick out of this. They, they do it for attention, you know, and you start to see some of these parents sharing it via media, via social media. There are TikTok parents that transition their kids you see the process and then their views go up the brand deals go up you know so it's all about attention and and not every parent's like that some parents generally just want the best for their kids some parents also have no idea we have to remember that a lot of schools are transitioning kids without parental consent or knowledge so mm. some of these parents aren't even aware and you know it's tearing so many families apart and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking well man it is it's a tough tough subject to uh to discuss and delve deeply into. I mean, just the, the, the fact that doctors are willing to butcher children in this way, knowing what the end result is, it's not a mystery. Uh, and man, I, I just, I'm just, I, I can't help, but to get very emotional about this, not having that within my immediate sphere other, but I've interacted with folks and there are people in our audience that have, children like that and they're loving parents i know in this audience and they recognize the danger of what we're talking about Mm. but at the same time you know you can acknowledge that these kids have identity issues but look at all of the various potential causes and address those and get the help that they need that doesn't require or include altering the physical body to such a degree that they can never come back from that they live in pain and dysfunction and discomfort to the point where the very suicide rate that they're threatened with you know, the parents, oh, if you don't transition, your kid will be dead. That almost is the, is the fulfilling prophecy. If you do transition them, that they're more likely to have that as an, 
uh, end result. And your story is is one of far too many, but I'm so grateful that you've written your story and are out there speaking out about it. Do you have any events, public events, whether in England or back in the States that we can share for people that want to come meet you and, you know, talk or ask questions about this? Well, I actually have a um, an important documentary coming out with Turning Point in December. So it's really going to um, expose a lot of the gender ideology, where it's coming from. There are parents featured in it. There are all sorts of people, detransitioners, women, trans activists, doctors. So this is going to help a lot of people. So I will be doing some events around Christmas time. So, um, but yeah, people just stay connected on on Twitter, Ollie London TV. Um, you know, I tweet a lot of this stuff. I share a lot of news stories about this. I share advice for parents. And I just want to say to all the parents out there that may have a kid that's questioning themselves, no, it is really difficult and it's very, very hard to see your kid going through this struggle. But we have to know there are multiple studies out there, which I feature in my book, Gender Madness, basically that say around 80 to 85 percent of teens with very severe gender dysphoria, they actually grow out of it into adolescence. So this is mostly teenagers that are struggling with this condition right now. The vast majority of them grow out of it. Of course, there are a couple of ex- exceptions where they might they might be happy being trans when they become an adult and stuff, but mm-hmm. the vast majority grow out of it. So, you know, we need to try get them some other kind of support instead of, you know, going to a gender specialist because they have one motive. Their motive is to cut off the body parts of your kid, pump them full of hormones because they are getting a paycheck from that. Mm-hmm. Take your kid to a mental health support specialist or a counselor, someone that really can empathize with what is going on and break down, you know, what is behind your child feeling like this? Are they going through bullying at school? Is that the influence behind this? Or what is influencing their confusion? Is it because they're spending a lot of time on TikTok or social media? So, you know, there are there are some good therapists out there that can help with that. So, you know, taking a kid to a gender clinic is only going to end one way. They want to make money. They want to get as many customers as possible. So, you know, really don't go down that route. Ollie London, thank you for all that you're doing, your willingness to come on and speak out despite things being thrown your way. Again, that's the courage we need more of. And, of course, uh, the courage to face the difficulties here for the young people that are, are suffering in this way. There are so many other ways that would preclude the need for self-mutilation or you know, mutilation by doctors. They do enough tro- bad things, you know, that they're the third leading cause of death before this issue came about. Uh, so we'd like to look at life more holistically wherever possible. The book is Gender Madness, One Man's Devastating Struggle with Woke Ideology and His Battle to Protect Children. We have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Ollie London, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, if you got more about the time of that uh, documentary, we'll have you back on and talk about that again. Sure. Definitely. Thank you so much, Robert. And thank you to all the listeners out there. And, you know, always speak up, always speak up about this issue because it's it's hurting so many kids. So we all have the power to influence someone else to change their mind. Yeah. And I found you on Twitter. So we I think we included you in today's broadcast to share for those that are learning more about it. And again, your mm-hmm. candor is oh so, so needed. And I appreciate uh, what you're doing very much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. God bless you as well. All right, Ollie, have a good night. I know it's late over there in England. Uh, and our London and specifically, and it is funny about that. The last names, a lot of last names of England and London. I'm like, where are all the last names called America? I mean, what did we, it was that the reason we broke off from, you know, there was that one time, do you remember there was, uh, uh, it was when Obama was president Yes, and, uh, Joe Biden, Uh uh, was introducing him to come out on the stage and he called him Obama America. (laughs) Do you remember this? I don't remember that. You don't remember that. (laughs) Let me find that for you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> or Barack America, I think it was. Barack America. America.
Barack America. Yes. <sighs> he was doing it back then as well. Not yeah. as much, but uh, dude, well, man, what a what a great interview, huh? Ollie's very well spoken on the subject, uh, and uh, having a book like Bring that. Bring my I volume down a little bit. I think I was a little loud at the beginning of the show, yeah. but yeah, uh, I just yeah. Uh, I just think it's a difficult topic, no doubt. And I, you know, I would also go into the spiritual aspects of this in terms of inhabiting a body that you feel you're in the wrong body. There are ways to address that that don't involve butchering the body and having lifelong dependence on cancer-causing drugs and the pain associated with altering the physiology to such a degree to take lop off body parts, male or female, and alter. I mean, it's ugh, that's just brutal. But again, it's an industry. It's conflicts of interest. It's economic. It's and and in many ways, you know, the collectivism of this thing is a part of that uh, agenda as well. Uh, it's a tough one, dude. It really is, but I'm glad we can cover it with people that really, they do know, they've been through it, and they're trying to do better for everybody. How interesting, right? Is it yeah. that uh, you get somebody who, yeah, because a lot of us, you know, we, 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 we talk about it, right? But mm-hmm. it's not like we, we can really relate to it. I mean, we, we, we talk about our opinions about it, and we speculate about a lot of things, but you get somebody like, like uh, Ollie London yeah. or somebody like Scott mm-hmm. Nugent. Mm-hmm. Who did it, right? Yeah. They did it. And they, they then want to speak about the experience that they had, which was a negative one. Yeah. And they're they're censored. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah, it's okay if you're if you're uh if you uh are okay with being or going through that or if you agree with that concept or that situation. But you know, if you disagree, even if you were uh, uh, a transgender and then decided you didn't want to be transgender. Now suddenly you're not in the club anymore. Yeah. Right. So I'm sorry. You know, we're going to have to treat you like a white supremacist now. <sighs> yeah. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Well, but it's we, good that they're, t- it's that they're, that they're speaking out. Yeah. I am appreciative you know? of that. I am. I really am. Um, one of the things we talked about today, you know, was morality and ethics, that kind of concept. You know, I, I went very deep philosophical. It was probably way deep and, and, and you know, maybe bored you to tears, but Superdon was busy off grant being grandpa Superdon. So I just carried on. Uh, but, it, you know, it's about all the things that we can do because we've advanced scientifically and medically, including these surgeries, if you will. Uh, should we be doing them? And, and then we talked about the opening was the mask mandates coming back, the attempts to mask everybody again. And, you know, if, if the science was enough, they would have never had them because, as I said, just from a pure mathematical measurement perspective, there is no way that they can prevent the so-called transmission, if you believe in that at all, of the size particles we're talking about. But that wasn't enough. Now they're bringing them back. And then you find the study the, the NIH puts out. The NIH... It says eight times the level of volatile organic compounds that can cause seizures, that can cause cancer. And, you know, when when Biden comes on, as we played that clip earlier and says, yeah, we're we're needing more money for the next vaccine. This one that will work, acknowledging the ones that didn't work. And as I said, why doesn't he go on the attack against uh, Trump? It was your fault, Trump. You warp speeded that they didn't work now that they're acknowledging that they didn't work. That's interesting. No one seemingly is going to do that, I don't think, because then the whole thing comes tumbling down, even for those that are still in uh, the true believers of it. Uh, and now we have not only the chemicals coming in through uh, masking, but the things that have been going on for how long? In milk, in breast milk substitutes, and breast milk itself. 
Now let's just take out of the substitutes that you can't pronounce half the things that are in them. What about actual breast milk? What are they finding in them and how long have they been finding it? Well, let's, let's just say that you probably don't have to worry about women's breasts catching on fire. Spontaneous fires. Spontaneous combustion, it, not going to happen. Was that like a, a Austin Powers thing? Um, <laughs> You're a fembot. Yeah, new yes. flame retardants are found in breast milk years after similar chemicals were banned. New ones, new ones are getting in there. Again, these are the, the uh, persistent organic pollutants, the forever chemicals. We've relied upon because, uh, yeah, better living through chemistry, DuPont, Monsanto, all those things in the 20th century, still playing themselves out. Again, just because we can, should we? Is that is that what we should be doing? And what has been my argument since I opened up the microphone in 1999 when this show was called Jumpstart Your Health? It's clean up your act. Be careful what you put into your body, what you put onto your body. And, you know, that's why, you know, we continue to talk about things that can help counteract this, but also other things that you can utilize because you become accustomed to utilizing products that are toxic. And you want to find, hey, are there other products that do what I want to have done that are not toxic? And, you know, we'll continue to scour the world for those things and, and communicate, bring them to you as we can. So a lot of the banners and links in the notes and things are will get you to those kind of things to counteract it. For one, I mentioned the folium. Uh, and various education programs that are available to you, the events coming up as well. But the flame retardants in breast milk, you know, what are they doing about it? How long has this been going on? Many, many decades. And how much government action by the Environmental Protection Agency or the EPA has actually stopped this from occurring? They're more concerned that you give your kid an herb for their immune system then limit the exposure to these forever chemicals that are now coming out still through the breast milk. Brominated flame retardants. Back in the 70s, this was coming out, and they figured out it was bad, and they're still around. Well, we banned one form, we got newer forms, and they're measurably found in human breast milk. So they they did the study. Apparently, I guess this was something they it's a, a experiment that they had done in the past and they showed all of these uh, flame retardants. Now, they banned mm-hmm. a bunch of these flame retardants. Right. And, and they, you know, this, they, they, they came up with the bright idea of, hey, well, we'll just we'll replace. We have we have replacement flame retardants. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like the BPA, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like we'll replace the BPA with the B- BPS. PS. Yeah. And it turns out. Oh, that's sorry. Bad too. That's yeah. bad, too. Yeah. So in this this new study they did recently. Mm-hmm. They uh, it says here they they uh, analyzed the breast milk of 50 U.S. mothers in the Seattle area mm-hmm. and detected a total of 25 flame retardants, including 16 replacement chemicals. Wow. And nine that had been phased out. Hmm. Now, the, the problem from what I understand on these here is that once you're exposed to them, uh, they sit around for a while. Yeah. Well, they're fat soluble toxins. And of course, breast milk. The fat is needed for the baby, so a lot of that is is released in the breast milk. It's another path of excretion to the detriment, unfortunately, of the child that's surviving because of the breast milk, too. So we're not saying don't breastfeed, but my gosh, in preparation for having children, much less being able to feed them, you got a, a lot of work to do. And that's, you know, my wife and I worked on cleaning our act up, including removing mercury from our mouths before uh, we were able to have children. And even then, you know, the exposures are chronic and, and you can't get it all. But uh, I say attempt it. Um, we have various things that can help detoxify your body uh, to bind and excrete. And many of those things, if you go to robertscottbell.com, you know, number well, high up on the list is the Folium PX, the Chernobyl level antioxidant, of course. 
And I hope you'll come to either or both of these events, the LA Glendale event this weekend, Labor Day weekend, cancercontrolsociety.org. That's coming up uh, this this weekend. Uh, Also, uh, the Biomed Expo, Las Vegas, Nevada, 14th through the 17th of September. We'll be speaking about these things. Bobri will be there. Many other good things are going to be there as well. You've got the relaxed far infrared sauna. Use the code RSB to get a hundred bucks off of that. That's helping. And you see that over my left shoulder. They have them in silver, and I got one that that's uh, a black, as you can see behind me. Uh, a lot of great options that you have. How about the molecular hydrogen in water to detoxify, to bind and excrete, enhance detox protocols? The Echo Water. We've got that. Uh, from Echo Technologies and discounts available there. The energy bits, the chlorella and the spirulina. Freeze-dried to get them in you. Also, we have another focal point on on a lot of detox protocols that's going to come out in the Healing for the Ages event with Brian Artis, Dr. Ed Groove, Dr. Ely, Dr. Schmidt. And I think we're going to have them on the show this week, all four of them, to talk about this upcoming event, Take Control of Your Health and Healing. Uh, That'll be live September 8th and 9th. And there's a VIP promo code of Bell to get $10 off your, your tickets online or in person. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on. we got the Pure Body Extra, uh, colloidal uh, zeolites as well to bind and excrete. So here is where you can find those options that are not going to be talked about by those in uh, the mainstream media, medically, pharmaceutically conflicted, where they are profiting only by promoting drugs, vaccine, surgery, et cetera. Yeah, I said the V word. What is it called? What is it now? We've to hunch punch. Hunch punch. The hunch punch. It's a new word. Yes. Hunch punch. So those of you, you know, we have to pip uh, pip cheerio and head on out to the bonus round. Also, mark your calendar. September 18th, we're going to do, at this point, a telethon of some kind in support of Jonathan E. Mord and his candidacy for the United States Senate in Virginia. Mike Adams is going to participate. We're going to simulcast on TV Again, the Monday, September 18th show. That's a few weeks from now. We'll get you more information on that as we get closer to it. Also, remember the Cardio Miracle uh, remember, there's so many things that we have here that can help you, including Orange Guard. Instead of toxic pesticides, delimitin-based cleansing, you can get it from Whole Foods, from Ace Hardware, or directly at orangeguard.com. And I remind you, the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences now. Grandpa Superdome was distracted today. I just noticed before we got the bonus round that my initials were SD for the entire show. So people confused me. They thought Super Don was on instead of RSB. Yes, it's, uh, it. we're coming up on uh, Halloween, and I thought maybe you were Your wearing practice. Yeah, be Grandpa Super Don. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, sorry, distracted. Sorry, I'll do distract okay. anymore. Got more. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. So I was not kidding mm-hmm. when uh, when I said that once upon a time, actually it was in 2008. Yeah. Joe Biden being Joe Biden um, and saying silly things yeah. was introducing Barack Obama. It was during a campaign uh, running for president. And uh, Joe Biden inst- uh, forgot what Barack Obama's last name was. <laughs> and here's what he said. This election year, the choice is clear. One man stands ready to deliver change we desperately need. A man I'm proud to call my friend. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. (laughs) There's Obama going. All right. Uh, Joe? Yeah. (laughs) That's not my last name. Yeah, but that'll work. 
Barack America. So there's at least one person with the last name America. Mm-hmm. According to Joe Biden. I'm not saying that nobody has that last name, but I just find it interesting. There are a lot of last name London, last name England, uh, in London and in England. Uh, and I just thought it was an interesting thing. Nope. Happen to right. point out. Now, L.A., California Globe reporting Los Angeles City Council considers ban on cashless businesses. And it's interesting because it's coming from a completely different political perspective, if you will, than I have. But I, I will respect and support it as long as they, I say as long as they, but uh, they respect and support my right to not use digital, if you will, in terms of credit cards only. You've seen these businesses pop up around the country. We don't accept cash. We don't accept cash. Now, I don't suppose that you'll get arrested for rejecting it, but, I mean, it is also technically legal tender. I mean, if you tender the money and they refuse the money for the product or service, I mean, how, how do they say you, you're stealing it, right? Here's the money. Oh, we don't accept cash. It's like, how do you not accept? It's legal tender, right? Now, I'm not into, you know, mandates per se. I, I, I believe in your freedom as a business to say, you know what, we'd like, we'd, we'd prefer you do, that's fine, whatever, but... To prohibit people now, the, the the city council is doing it based on what I perceive would be their reason. There are certain poor people that are underbanked or not banked at all. They can't yes. get credit cards or debit cards. They're not part of the banking system. And I'm like, yeah, of course. How about people that choose not to utilize the banking system, who choose and don't want to be, you know, plastified or digitized? What about them, too? Now, they're not concerned about people that could have bank accounts that don't. They're only concerned about poor people that can't or don't. And I just think that their um, non-discrimination does not necessarily expand to those of us who are on a different uh, uh, have a different perspective on the reason why. Well, there's yeah, there's no consideration uh, for the lack of privacy. Right. Right. The surveillance side of things, Mm -hmm. the control, the government control of people's uh, everything, basically. Uh, So, I mean, that's not mentioned. This is about uh, being inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's it's weird. I I did a double take on this when I first looked at it because it was like currently only San Francisco and Berkeley are the are the only cities with cashless store bans in place. In so California, they, they have banned cashless stores. In they Berkeley have banned cashless stores in those, those are the cities. Places you would expect that they would mandate them. That's right? yeah. See, and that's why I'm saying it yeah. caught me off guard because I was like, right. wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Those are li- liberal strongholds. Those are progressive wacko places. Right. <laughs> uh, and but it, then I read it and I was like, oh, man, you know, this is an interesting story because you could literally Probably, I know this will probably not sound appealing to you, but you could probably like lock arms with uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and protest walking down uh, Lombard Street in San Francisco Mm -hmm. uh, against cashless. Yeah. Stop reading and pay attention. I'm sorry, but there's so much going on here. It's you like, were supposed dude, to react to that. Yeah, but I yes. mean, lots anyway. of arms. I get the concept. Because, All right, yes, but you know what I'm this, saying? This is where we find common ground with those that we have disagreements on a lot. Absolutely. Of them, but- common ground. Now, mm-hmm. if you were to go, okay, you know what? I can agree with Nancy Pelosi on this mm-hmm. um, and support, you know, what it is that she's doing on banning cashless store bans or cashless mm-hmm. stores, right? Yeah, right. 
Here's a question. Would you? Would I hold hands with Nancy Pelosi? Are you asking that? Would you would you publicly say I support Nancy Pelosi? In fact, let's get her on the show uh, to talk about, you know, how it's important to ban <laughs> how cashless consistent, stores. How consistent are we, Super Don? We invited what? Paul Offit. Paul Offit, yeah. And, he and we said, found no. a, a momentary. I have a feeling Nancy Pelosi would be, do the same she thing. She rejected. But no, I I'm would have sure. no problem talking But to you know what? This is what we're talking about, though, right? Yeah. What we've been talking about for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why you saw somebody like Dennis Kucinich uh, working together with Ron Paul. Yeah. Far apart from each other on certain issues, but uh, in agreement on others enough so that uh, they they work together um in a situation like this we're not you know we're not really into the the inclusive thing as it is presented and defined by the progressive left Mm -hmm. uh but isn't it interesting that they are an ally (laughs) against uh you know a cashless society in light of, of you know, the things that we disagree with. Yeah, for different reasons. But yeah. again, that's where you find allies and you work together on specific things and uh, you make something better happen. They might reject us from just because we have different views that they find abhorrent. Right. Uh, but that's we don't fully reject them because we find some of their views abhorrent. We'll find out, hey, you know, here we can align. Yeah. I'd like to think that's an adult thing to do. It would be a normal thing to do. But yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And now that I'm going to Glendale for the weekend, we'll see what happens there. Michael Bolden, we're going to see you there. You're in town, right? I'm going to connect at the Cancer Control Society 48th Annual Convention. Love to see you there. That is coming up. What else is coming up? Health Freedom Expo in October. There's so much going on. Wow. There's going to be great. I think, have they extended the September 1st, the special $50 off sale? I think I saw some email on that, but... Y'all check it out, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Those of you want to be exhibitors, other things you want to support being there, uh, they might have some still still have some discounts running until September 1st. I think I saw something like that. So trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Of course, also trinityschool.org. Talked about the the next line, uh, round of, uh, of classes starting up in early September. It's a big start every year uh, after Labor Day typically. And uh, I encourage you to look into that. We, we need so much more body, mind, spirit support out there. And you guys are going to fulfill a need, a niche that uh, most people still don't know they need and have. Uh, and, and, of course, you'll even be able to help doctors. And doctors and nurses, you're going to be helped by going through the Trinity coursework as well uh, to get the CNHP, CHHP, various different programs, and even lectures on demand available through Trinity. So do check that out. Uh, what else we got here going on in the chat? Now, uh, bottom of the hour, I'm supposed to connect with the four folks that are doing the Heal for the Ages event. Did did they get the, the link to connect for the recording? Yeah. Let me see okay. here. I got uh, I got an email from mm-hmm. uh, Christina Tierney, and apparently she has forwarded this on forwarded the connect link to everybody. Okay. So you will you should be in theory. Um, connecting with everybody here in about so, 25 minutes. Here's my thought, Super D. This mm. is a travel week on Friday the 1st, I believe, heading down to uh, uh, L.A. area for the Cancer Control Conference. Uh, if we are able to record a, an hour, uh, we'll have one hour at least in the can for Friday in advance, which would be a great show because the sure. event 
that they're promoting is not this weekend. I don't think it's coming up. But it's important no, to put it out there. Yeah. So it's, we'll in, it's actually in the show notes today. Okay. It yes. is September 8th and 9th. Okay. Excellent. So that's, uh, yeah, we'll have time to get that out there. Also, did you talk to Michael Bolden about Friday? No, I did not. What the heck, man? What the heck, man? Michael Bolden, if you're listening, Friday is a travel day. Can we get you on for a pre-record before that? Any possibility? No. No. I don't know. No. He'll say no. You you predict he'll say no. Well, that's what it usually is. Yeah. But we can record it on Thursday. We record on Wednesday. We can record on Tuesday sometime. So here it, it's only Monday. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. I'm going to message him right now. Is he in the chat room? Theoretically, yeah. He's been quiet since he welcomed uh, himself okay. in. He said, hello, everybody. I'm here. Love me. A day this week that you can pre-record for Friday. Okay. We'll see what he says. All right. All right. So let's see what we got going on this week. Mm hmm. Because we can. How about. Man, can you believe it's. it's, it's we're almost in September now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Time is flying here. We've got. Dude, we are wide open tomorrow. Are we? Wide open. That never happens. That's very rare. 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 So what are we going to do? What do you want to um, talk about? What do you want oh, us to dude, talk there's, about? There's, dude, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. There okay. are, there's always more to talk about. Um, and we got to talk about um, the following week on Tuesday the 5th, I believe, would be the first Tuesday. We normally have Jamie Dorley and the crew from Nutritional Frontiers on. That's a flight home. All right. So we need to get them on probably Wednesday the 6th or something like that. I'll, I'll, I, yeah, yeah. We need to coordinate that as well. Yep. Labor Day will likely have a show, and it might be pre-recorded. I'm not sure because I'll have access to so many awesome interviews. It might be something you're going to put together, or it might be. I'm just not sure yet. We'll talk about that as well. But okay. there are always so many fo- awesome folks that I want to talk to in an interview at the Cancer Control Society's convention that uh, we might have more than we need. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But that's coming up this weekend. Glendale, California, Glendale Hilton. And Lourdes, okay. Lourdes and Chris Lavoy are going to be there. And I sent them, I think, yeah, we sent them there. They they won because they entered twice, but Chris Lavoy won one of the um, apricots, uh, dried apricots from my from my, I got uh, mine, by the way. Have you tried them yet? Not yet. Dude. I was going to wait until after the show. Oh. Riley, mm-hmm. I promised Riley I'd let her have some, too. Oh, my gosh. She's going she's gonna to go bonkers. It'll I'm be like sure candy for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, so on Wednesday, we've got Kirk Elliott on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Ty Bollinger. We'll see. Okay. Lee Dundas is back on Thursday. Haven't had her on in a while. Excellent. She she was just at, I think, speaking at the Great America Awakening. Yeah, I think she's a, kind yeah. of a, almost like a regular, I think, on that tour. Yeah. So that's what we got going on this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Kind of quiet over on Rumble. Hello, those of you that are watching and not saying anything. We appreciate you there. Steve has a good comment. The hunch punch, the confusion infusion. I hadn't heard that one yet. And the snake bite are all synonyms for the bioweapon. You know what? Throw the sensors off for a little while. The confusion infusion. (laughs) 
That's a lot of syllables. It's, it's a lot of syllables. That's why I like the hunch punch. That that kind well, of. Well, there was the iffy infusion too. Was yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, guesswork goo. That's pretty funny. But <laughs> hunch punch. Where I I think that's the winner. That's the winner. I agree. I think. I think it's the hun- hunch. Now punch. I just got to program myself to be able to say that every time. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the potion of perhaps. <laughs> hmm. Uh. Yeah. I got Nurse Michelle writing me. I have Dr. Artis on my show, but we'll have him available in 21 minutes. So he's finishing up one and joining us then. So well, oh. that should be a... That well, that a works. Whole. 21 minutes. That's, that's the bottom timing. of the hour. Yeah. So you're going to have Brian Artis, mm-hmm. Henry Ely. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Uh, I got to see the thing. Uh, Ed Group. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't remember her first name. Schmidt is the last name. I think she's the only one we've not had on the show before, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, We haven't had Ed Group on in a long time, too. It's been a while. Yeah, Ed's yeah. awesome. We had fun with Ed. So that'll be so, cool. Wow. Four people. How are you going to mm-hmm. handle four people? Yeah. Hey, was there a question of the day? I didn't see it. Did I miss it? Um, There was, yes. Oh. You want to do that now? You want to roll it over till tomorrow? Let me look at it. Uh, it's kind of involved. Oh, it's an easy one. Yeah, let's roll it over till tomorrow. So, Joan, okay. if you're looking for a uh, answer to your question about pain meds and oral surgery, root canal stuff, I'm going to answer it tomorrow. That's the plan. We'll have a lot of time. We don't have guests scheduled at this that point. That way we can we can do it justice. She said she enjoyed the show with Tracy Strout. That was nice. It was yeah. great. I, it was a lovely conversation Good. with my friend Tracy. So, hope you enjoyed that, too. All right. Well, if there aren't any other questions or anything like that, we'll take a quick break here and then because we got to regroup here at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, I'll meet you there or beforehand. Okay. So appreciate you guys hanging out. Thanks, Super D. We will be back tomorrow. You guys have a good day and we will see you then as I uh, uh, stall so I can get the video ready.